Today on VFN TV, President Donald Trump welcomes Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, the Prime Minister of Israel. We're going to look back at the West Bank. What does that really mean in regards to how the Palestinians are talking about taking their land? We're also going to be looking at a chaplain for our New York Police Department that prophesied about uh, President Donald Trump would be president plus the eight years of presidency. And Mark Zuckerberg, the founder of Facebook, how this is the year he's going to listen to people in different nations and different states travel and the big data they're gathering in Fort Worth, Texas, right now on VFN TV. Welcome to VFN TV, where we're keeping the conversation light. That's L-I-G-H-T, light, with your host, Greg Lancaster. Welcome to VFN TV. I'm Greg Lancaster, and joining me just a moment is Steve Kalaszewski. These are exciting days. If you've been walking with us all these years, we've been talking about America's relationship, you know, with Israel, and it was just on rough ground during the last administration. But with one phone call, reportedly, from President Donald Trump to the Prime Minister of Israel, Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, that everything had gotten repaired. Our relationships have gotten repaired. It's so exciting. As a matter of fact, here is CBN reporting on a the visit of Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, who, as we speak, is in America. Take a look. And that's a big one. The Prime Minister of Israel, Benjamin Netanyahu. John Jessup has that. Well, Pat, Trump and Netanyahu know each other already, but this will be their first face-to-face -face meeting since Trump took office. And as Chris Mitchell reports from Jerusalem, Israel is hoping for a restoration of better ties with Washington. Iran, Jerusalem, and Israeli settlements will all likely be on the agenda when Netanyahu and Trump meet. But there's an even bigger takeaway. The alliance between Israel and America has always been extremely strong. It's about to get even stronger. Uh, President Trump and I see eye to eye on the dangers emanating from the region, but also on the opportunities. Relations between Netanyahu and former President Obama were tense during the last eight years and had a major impact on U.S.-Israeli relations. Now with President Trump, Israel is expecting a restoration of that relationship and a much warmer welcome at the White House. Well, the Obama administration back in 2009 changed some of the fundamental pillars of the U.S.'s relationship. One was uh, no daylight. Uh, no daylight meant simply that if we were going to have disagreements with one another, the United States and Israel, and there we are sovereign countries, we will have disagreements, that the two countries would do their utmost to keep those disagreements uh, discreet behind closed doors. Uh, the other major pillar was uh, that was discarded by Obama was the pillar of no surprises. Deputy Minister for Diplomacy Michael Oren was Israel's ambassador to the U.S. during the first four years of the Obama administration. The hope will be that uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu and President Trump will restore these pillars and that um, they may have disagreements, um, but they'll be kept behind closed doors. The 2015 Iranian nuclear deal will likely top the agenda. On the Iran issue, a connection between Iranian behavior and the nuclear deal and ways in which um, Israel, the United States, um, can defend themselves and defend the world from the possibility that in a decade time, uh, Iran will be in the possession of 200 nuclear weapons. Another issue is moving the U.S. Embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. Trump was initially enthusiastic, but now he's more cautious. It seems less likely now, but I certainly still hope so. Mm -hmm. And I think that there are many steps you can make. The issues of Israeli communities in Judea and Samaria and the Israeli-Palestinian peace process are even more complicated. Oren said he'd like to see the president symbolically rescind the recent UN resolution that deemed all of Judea and Samaria 
including the old city of Jerusalem, as occupied Palestinian territory. President Trump could come out and say, we do not view these territories as illegally occupied, we don't view them as Palestinian, we view them as disputed territories. Israelis are waiting to see how Trump's words and promises will translate into action. Chris Mitchell, CBN News, Jerusalem. This is so important. When you think about the West Bank, imagine taking the whole part of your abdomen and removing that from your body. You're not going to have a body anymore. When they're talking about the West Bank, it's cutting a big heart out of, out of Israel's property. And, you know, as the word says, God's going to judge every nation based on what we do with the land of Israel. As a matter of fact, let's go back and look. About a week ago, we're talking about the West Bank and understanding what President Donald Trump and Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu are actually talking about in regards to the legitimacy of this uh, dividing up the land of Israel. Let's go back and look at the West Bank and what it really looks like. Take a look. But first, I want to be able to, to talk about, specifically, look at the West Bank. If you're seeing this map, pull up this map of Israel right here. When you hear the West Bank, you're looking at, this is Israel right here, this little small slither, its widest point is like 60, 70 miles wide. But this whole heart of Israel is called the West Bank. You have Jerusalem right there, and this is part of Israel. But they're talking about, let's put the bigger map up. They're talking about cutting all this out and saying they can't build on their own property. Well, they just made a retroactive law that says, yes, they can build on their own property. And not only that, but we'll be finding out that all the embassies are located in Tel Aviv, Israel, but they belong in Jerusalem. So we're going to be moving our uh, embassy, the United States Embassy, to Jerusalem. It's so exciting. And this is some of the keys to the breakthrough that's taking place. But I want to go back and I want you to remember this. Remember in 2012, I believe it was, the Democratic National, Democratic National Convention, Understand the law has already been established by the Congress that says Jerusalem is the capital of Israel. That uh, we recognize that we had it on the White House website, but they tried to change that. And, and before, before we actually go to this video, because we're going to show you a little clip of what took place at the Democratic National Convention, look for this particular uh, blue screen in the background that you're seeing right here. You're going to see this come up, and this is what they're voting on. But let's, let's put a better slide up there to be able to see it. They have, uh, a, a proposed amendment. The first amendment they're going to be voting on in 2012 uh, says, uh, it says, Amendment 1, page 32, line 48, we need a government that stands up for the hopes, values, and interests of the working people and gives everyone willing to work hard the chance to make the most of their God-given potential. Well, that sounds pretty good, doesn't it? Well, look at the next part of that amendment that they're voting on. Take a look at this. Amendment 2, page 63, line 26. Jerusalem is and will remain the capital of Israel. The parties have agreed that Jerusalem is a matter of the final status negotiations. It should remain an undivided city accessible to all peoples of faith. That is so, so important because that they're wanting to divide it. When you talk about the 1967 borders and when you hear I mean, think about it. our pres former president, President Barack Obama, spoke and he said very specifically that um, let's go back to the Democratic National Convention first. They're going to vote on these amendments. Look what happens and how they respond when they say we don't want Jerusalem to be the capital. We want to go back really to the 1967 borders, but they're voting against this. Take a look right now. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Uh, this summer, I was proud to serve this party as the platform drafting committee chair. As the chair, I come before you today to discuss two important matters related to our party's national platform. 
As an ordained United Methodist minister, I am here to attest and affirm that our faith and belief in God is central to the American story and informs the values we've expressed in our party's platform. In addition, President Obama recognizes Jerusalem as the capital of Israel and our party's platform should as well. Mr. Chairman, I have submitted my amendment in writing and I believe it is being projected on the screen for the delegates to see. I move adoption of the amendment as submitted and shown to the delegates. A motion has been made. Is there a second? Is there any further discussion? Hearing none, the matter requires a two-thirds vote in the affirmative. All those delegates in favor say aye. aye. All those delegates opposed say no. In the opinion of the... Let me do that again. All of those delegates in favor say aye. All those delegates opposed say no. I, um, I guess. You've got to and then you've got to let them do what they're going to do. I'll do that one more time. All those delegates in favor say aye. All those delegates opposed say no. In the opinion of the chair, two-thirds have voted in the affirmative. The motion is adopted. And the platform has been amended, as shown on the screen. Thank you very much. Thank you. You're saying very specifically that Jerusalem, they're like voted overwhelmingly, as you saw he just pushed it, that Jerusalem will not be the capital. Well, Jerusalem's already been settled as the capital, but they were building their platform on that. As a matter of fact, let's go back and look at that Second Amendment that they were putting up. The Second Amendment that says they were saying that they didn't want to approve this amendment the amendment says the amendment says Jerusalem is and will remain the capital of Israel. The parties have agreed that Jerusalem is a matter of final status, uh, final status negotiations, and it should remain an undivided city. That's so important because they're talking about dividing Jerusalem. I mean, right now, just because Israel's nice and kind and polite, they 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 allow their city faith-wise, to be divided in regards to the Temple Mount and things of that nature. But if they go back to 1967, if they would have got their way, think about it, then you would have divided Jerusalem. I'm going to put the map back up again so we can show one more time. It's so important to understand that when you're talking about the West Bank, this is Israel. Put the, put the uh, bigger map up where you can see all of Israel. See this little small little piece of property right here, 70 miles at the widest point. This little heart right here is the West Bank. That's the heart of Israel. That's the heart of Israel. Put the, put the, the other image up. So they're looking at cutting all this out, which is not going to happen, but that's what they were voting on. They were voting basically to give that part of Israel away. Well, this, this is what's so exciting, which, which means to divide the land. Well, the amendment said, we don't want, we, they, well, they voted no to the amendment, even though they went ahead and pushed yes, because they wanted to divide the West Bank out of it. And so you're looking at right now when Israel, what I said at the beginning of the program, when the Knesset, the government of Israel, voted in a retroactive law that says that they can build on their own property in the West Bank. This is so exciting because now we have a president, President Donald Trump, that supports 
Israel and supports the, the, the land not be divided. Remember, the law says, the amendment said that, the, that Jerusalem is to be an undivided city. And that's so important. But let's look at what Joel said about, about what God's going to do with the entire world, every nation out there, and how he's going to bring us all together and give us an account for one specific thing. This is what he says in Joel chapter 3, verse 2. I, God, will gather all nations and bring them down to the valley of Jehoshaphat, and there I will put them on trial for what they did to my inheritance, my people Israel, because they scattered my people amongst the nations and they divided my land. That's just so informative. When we see in Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu with President Donald Trump, this is why it's so important for us to understand how significant this meeting is. When we are in alignment with God's will for America and Israel, when we bless Israel, God's going to bless us. And you're looking at this blessings is going to break loose. We talked about that before on the program. You got to check it out at VFNTV.com on the torch under prophecies to understand that, you know, blessing is about to break forth because we stand with Israel. Listen, we get back for this break. We're going to hear from a, 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 a New York Police Department's chaplain in 2015. He moves in the prophetic, uh, and he gave a prophetic word about that Donald Trump would be the president, and also uh, talks about eight years, what would happen during the administration, what happens with Israel as well, and so much more. Join us after the break. This is VFN TV, where we're keeping the conversation light. Follow us online at VFNTV.com. We'll be right back. I want to thank you so much for joining us here on VFN TV and the Daily Radio program. Every single day we are on the air talking to the world and encouraging you by bringing the light, keeping the conversation light. And we also talk to you in many different ways as well. One way is at the VFN Torch. If you go to VFNTV.com and click on the torch, our program that we have for years now with all these pertinent topics of the day plus things that you need to know is right there for you where you can go back and, and educate yourself on a particular matter. You can share things with a friend. You can listen to us and, and in addition in SoundCloud as well. You can share things audibly with other, other listeners out there and other viewers and friends. There's just so much available to you at VFNTV.com. In addition, think about this. It's we come to you in the air, broadcasting in the air, in your pocket, which is on mobile devices and online. We're all over the world and we want to be able to bring encouragement to you. And we do that one way with our app. You can go to uh, your app, Apple App Store, you can go to Google Play Store and, or your Windows Store and, and get your app and download it. The, the app is called VFN TV. Of course, you go to VFNTV.com. We have our little uh, area there that you can pick which app you want to be able to download. It's just so exciting to know that no matter where you are, we want to be able to encourage you. I don't know if you knew about this, but also you can sign up for our Torch newsletter. We have a gift for you for doing that. You just go to VFNTV.com in the upper right-hand corner and fill out that little information and immediately a free gift will come to you. One of them is prudent preparation. Hopefully it's going to come to you and teach you how to probably prepare for the day, uh, what's happening in our culture today and how to think outside the box. And this is something we want to be able to give to you, plus some other gifts as well. And I also want to make sure that you have a chance to be able to become a VFN TV partner. We have a whole partners area just to say thank you. It's, a, it's special areas, special events, green room, things we have available just to give our partners, just to be able to say thank you. Imagine any time you can log into the partners area. Why? Because you partnered for any dollar figure at all to be able to, 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 to say thank you. Things you can share with your friends as well. 
Also, we have VFN Kingdom Business Partners, a whole nother area to be able to focus on the seven spheres of culture. Just very encouraging. And finally, I want to encourage you, maybe your business, maybe you want to become a business sponsor. Um, those are the ones that are standing with us, that want to keep the conversation light, that want to impact their community, but also want to be able to share their business, their service, what they provide for their community. You can do that by going to vfntv.com. Thank you so much and thanks for watching. So exciting. Welcome back. It is so exciting to see America stand openly yes. for life, as yes. we talked about in our previous program, for Israel, for the church. Yeah. I mean, these are exciting days. And we'll be talking about in future programs. We have a limited amount of time, a limited amount of time. Mm -hmm. It could be four years or eight years. You know, uh, we're going to talk about uh, John Natal. He is a chaplain for New York Police Department. And God spoke to him prophetically, he says, in, in 2015 about eight years. Mm -hmm. And you hear what the president's already saying, he's talking about eight years. I mean, this, he understands what the church really needs to begin mm -hmm. to understand is the fact is, and not that he's not part of the church, but just professing what you want to happen. Right. You know, if you say to the mountain, be thrown in the sea and believe Speak in your heart out. and don't doubt, things begin to shift yeah. when those things happen. And you hear him say that, he says, I very seldom like to talk about the negative because, you know, the positive, you're losing mm -hmm. those positive things. but. Uh, this particular chaplain for this New York Police Department, his name is John Natal. We're going to have a couple of, of prophecies mm -hmm. or he's sharing about prophetic dreams that he had, and we're familiar with that as well. Mm -hmm. But uh, it's very interesting. The first question he's being asked is, you had a dream about Donald Trump. Can you share this about this prophetic dream? Let's take a look. The first dream I had about him was uh, several years later, and that was where I'm in his office and we're talking. And we're talking actually finances. And he asked me, he said to me, how much finances is needed to fund the kingdom? And I actually gave him a dollar amount. And he goes, I want to fund the kingdom. And uh, this was several years prior. And I didn't understand the dream because I don't have a relationship with him. And I'm asking God, why are you giving me a dream about Donald Trump? And he goes, but you'll know at a certain time. So it's so important when you uh, hear a prophetic word, you just kind of give it out. And it, he wasn't that popular when he gave it, but he's mm -hmm. like, you got to be able to share what God is saying there. And that's some of the things you know, the Lord told me in October that, uh, he, that who, who would be the president, that Donald Trump would be the president. At that time, you know, I was showing me that the, the people get the White House back and it was uh, exactly like yeah. God said it would happen. And then like Perry Stone said, it's the Ma word or what? Everybody would go, how did this even happen? Well, specifically, you know, God showed uh, um, John uh, Natal in the second particular dream that he had and showed him something in 2015. Let's take a look. In 2015, I believe it was towards the end of 2015 when I had the second dream. And um, I'm uh, walking in this, looks like a conference center or auditorium um, welcome center, and I see him walking towards me. And he wasn't his normal size. He was about eight feet tall. And he was wearing his, his uh, a wool, like a trench coat, uh, pea coat style. And he was walking with another individual. And I knew the other individual was, a, was an angel and was guarding him. And this angel was actually taller than he was. And I looked at him and he came right towards me and I said to him, are you prepared to be president of the United States? And he looked at me with that smile because he knew what I was talking about, and he knew that there was, I had some inside information. 
And uh, well, this is obviously before the election. This is almost a year before. And I looked at him again and I said, are you prepared to be president of the United States? And he nodded. And I saw the angel walk away with him and he walked out of the building. But I knew two things when I came out of the dream. One was his size represented authority. And two, the angel was the, was, was the angel of the Lord walking with him as protection. And that was a conf- confirmation to me. But I knew in my spirit that, that the Lord was already speaking to me about moving forward. And, you know, it's, it's not my personal opinion. You know, when, when God gives me this dream or gives me dreams or prophetic words, it's not my opinion. It's just God speaking to me and he's telling me to release what he's saying. So it's actually supposed to be com- you know, comforting and encouraging, but I knew then that it was already done because when God speaks, His words do not come back void. This is so, so uh, timely because I think about this. When the Lord told me, before the Lord told me in a dream specifically that you know, Donald Trump would be our next president and I was walking with uh, the president during that time when God was showing me, which he wasn't president yet, but he's going to be. God showed me the, that, he, that people would get the White House back, and He also showed me that I wasn't aware of at that time, but now you can see it all over the place, was there's this unique handshake that the President has. I mean, He, he reaches and grabs your hand, and He pulls you in like this. That's, he just does that handshake, and that's exactly what He was doing to me, and he, it was just a, a, an exciting thing, to, just an honor to be there. And as a matter of fact, it was a smooth transition where you know, the Lord showed me that President, former President Barack Obama was going to have a real smooth transition in helping uh, the transition take place, and that happened yes. just as well. And I was walking with both mm-hmm. of them, actually. But prior to God telling me about uh, who would be the president, He showed me earlier on that whoever the president's going to be, and I didn't, I didn't know it was going to be this one. I mean, praise God it was this one. But as, as, the, as soon as He took His hand off the Bible, being sworn in as taking His oath of office as president, I didn't know who it was going to be at that time, that he stepped off the platform and he started walking, as you see the constant walk that the president takes out on the patio. And I was, and I was actually Steve and I were walking together, and then all of a sudden uh, the president comes up, this new president, and Steve, like a Marine, steps back like this. And so the president and I were walking side by side, and he was just talking, he was so friendly. And God showed me that the president's going to be a friend of the church. Mm-hmm. But then this guy's so tall. I mean, he was so tall in this dream. And it makes me think about John Natal, what God was telling him. He was so tall that when I finished this dream and I'm writing it down and studying it, I went back and tried to find how tall all the candidates were. First of all, I knew it was a male. So I went and checked all the candidates, and none of them were that tall. Yeah. You know, and so obviously he's saying that that represented authority. And that's exactly what we're seeing today. As a matter of fact, uh, the uh, Speaker of the House, his name is Paul Ryan. Paul Ryan. He said, we have plans made up that as soon as he takes his hand out the Bible, we're going to hit the ground running. That's That's exactly what the Lord told me. And uh, God is doing an amazing thing in our sight. And it's so encouraging. What a a chaplain to have for a police department that hears the voice Mm -hmm. of God. As a matter of fact, this next word that he hears, the question is being asked of him, has God revealed to, to you anything about this administration and how it would be? Let's take a look. What I saw over the last several months, basically starting in the month of October, the Lord was showing me how things were going to shift. And I was releasing that, you know, on on social media, um, that things were going to shift and to prepare. I believe it was in the month of October when um, the shift began and things were going to start changing uh, regarding the administration. But I actually, you know, I saw it, you know, I saw this, uh, this tenure uh, of, of, you know, his four years 
and then I saw another four years of, of the connection with his administration just moving forward. But it's in the best interest of our nation. It's the best interest of our people. What I saw in the administration was a collaboration of people that was going to bring unity and bring peace and camaraderie. And it was going to create a, a great disturbance at first because people weren't going to get to understand it. But then all of a sudden, the dust was going to settle and people were going to understand that this is the plan of God and this is about people. It's not about him. This is not about a person. It's about a whole community of people. That's so important to understand because, you know, when God shares something with you, mm -hmm. you share it, especially in politics mm -hmm. and leaders, that people think you're actually choosing sides, sides. And the truth is, you're just sharing what God said. Just being obedient to the voice of the Lord. And just because the person who gets in office, you know, God knows who it is and God's allowing them to be there, doesn't mean that's going to be a person that, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, you think about when Israel wanted a king, and they weren't satisfied with God's leadership. That wasn't God's plan for them. They wanted, you know, he wanted to move through apostolic, you know, prophetic leadership, hearing the voice of God and obeying the voice of God. But he gave them what they wanted. And so we didn't know whether it's going to be good or bad. But when you put together everything God was saying, I mean, this is an amazing presidency already within, yeah. within the first couple of weeks. And, and what you're seeing is this uprising. You're seeing people just settle. But I, I'll never, I always go back to the fact is that if there's a fight going on, in a community and you call the police out there, it always escalates mm -hmm. before it, it decelerates and goes down. I mean, you saw that even in, in war. Mm -hmm. I mean, we, you, you're looking at a couple of bad guys shooting over a hill at some people in Iraq when mm -hmm. you're there, but when y'all come in, y'all come in there like We handle it, take care of it. And, yeah, and the community comes down. Well, it looks like that's gonna happen right. in America. You're gonna see this uprising, but there's more people in America. And Dr. King said this over and over again. He says, I believe there's more I'm paraphrasing, kind-hearted people who understand what's really going on right here, and they're going to hear, mm -hmm. and they're going to respond. And he was right, because once in 1963 or so, when the reporters came out and they covered how badly African Americans were being treated and, and spraying people with water hoses and young teenagers, America responded, and yeah. things shifted. It began to shift. And so we're going to see there's more people out there. They're just quiet. You're just doing your job. You're coming home. You're feeding your family. You're living your life, and these some of these other guys, it's a small percentage, they're just irritants. They yeah. just constantly are trying to stir things up. You're wondering how they're even surviving, and we're finding out. Some reports are George Soros has been funding a lot of these organizations, and they get paid to go out and do that. As a matter of fact, there was one meeting right after the election, November the 8th, 2016, the reports are that George Soros met with, uh, what are we gonna do now? Wow. Yeah, what are we going to do now, now that uh, their candidate did not get in? Mm -hmm. And meaning their candidate, that Hillary Clinton's daughter got married in George Soros's daughter's house mm -hmm. in New York. And so they're really close to people. And George Soros is known for you know taking down governments, literally crashing economies or knowing it's going to crash or somehow investing in such a way. He's investing in a nation's failure. So when that nation crashes, he makes money off that. Wow. And it's just crazy. So that's what they were trying to do is crash America. But it looks like we got a new pilot that's uh, in. Uh, praise God. Praise the Lord. And actually, I think you saw him. Oh, when uh, Rich Vera, we just had this on our program, but Rich uh, Vera saw, saw the president in this prophetic dream. Uh, it was on the plane. He went back to the, the Air Force One to see what the president was doing. And President Trump was on his knees and he was praying. Mm -hmm. And he said that God is going to 
put prayer in his heart. He's going to pray, and God's going to answer his prayers. That's powerful. It's exciting times. Don't miss the opportunity to be excited about what God's yes. doing and get involved. Listen, I have this offer for you. You know, it's our partners and our sponsors that keep us on the air. For your love gift of any amount whatsoever, we want to be able to send you Faith Mindsets Matter. This is, I'm talking about five or six different ways that God creates faith in you. And understand that faith is what moves God. Poverty, pain, sickness. If that moved God, then you would see, but if somebody believing that He's good, right. understanding that He can heal, understanding that He can bless, and this is going to bless you. This is our mindset. Mindsets matter. As a matter of fact, here's some more details. Offer 2024, Faith Mindsets Matter, Part 2. Discover how the Lord creates faith and the importance of faith, hope, and love. There is nothing more exciting than to see the goodness of God respond to our confidence in His good plans for us and others, faith. This message explores six ways the Lord creates and increases our faith and how we don't have to settle for small faith. Not only will you be inspired as you gain more understanding of how you can be proactive in the increasing of your faith, the foundation of the three most important pillars in the kingdom of God, faith, hope, and love, are laid out to give a fuller understanding and how love is not only required, but our reward. Partner now by going to vfntv.com and clicking on Partner Now. Or write to us by mail at VFNTV at 40 West Nine Mile Road, number 2, PMB 360, Pensacola, Florida, 32534. Or call us at 844-408-3688. That's Offer 2024, Faith Mindsets Matter, Part 2. Discover how the Lord creates faith and the importance of faith, hope, and love. Keeping the conversation light. Follow us online at VFNTV.com. We'll be right back. When a child goes outside, it's like a blank canvas to play on. And he has to grab his friends and start a game. And they have to make up the rules and decide how bloody they might get. Today on Focus on the Family Minute, Dan Agresh explains why boys take so many risks. They are making decisions at every moment, and that's firing up all the synapses that create growth in this self-control center in the brain. For example, let's say that they all decide they're going to climb to the top of this cliff and jump into the water. And they have to decide, is this going to kill me or just really, really hurt? And that's a good decision for a boy to have to make. Because when he's 16 or when he's 18 and he's confronted with the risk of pornography or an aggressive girl, what he has learned at the top of that cliff will kick in. So risks can be good. And you can hear more from Dana Gresh at FamilyMinute.org. This is Just a Thought with Ravi Zacharias. What belongs to God? I think I know what Jesus would have said. Whose image is on you? The image on the coin is Caesar's. Give to Caesar that which is Caesar's. Whose image do you bear? Do you know the Judeo-Christian worldview is the only worldview that holds to that? That you're made in the image of God? The Muslim would consider that blasphemous. The Hindu will not accept that because of caste system is intrinsic to his or her faith, where the every birth is a rebirth, 
and an accretion of karma from the previous birth is now embodied in yours. Buddhism, a variant of that, but same idea. When you and I are told that we are made in the image of God, the implication is very obvious. We are created with essential worth. Helping the thinker believe and the believer think. For more information, go to rzim.org. Pat, you know the great thing about uh, all of our VFN radio listeners is that so many of them are connecting to us on Facebook. You know, we have a Facebook page. You may be listening today. You may not be aware, but we do. And you can go to facebook.com forward slash VFN TV, or you can go to our VFN TV.com and click Facebook. Be a part. Like us. Tell your friends to like us. We're creating a virtual stadium where everyone can connect and be a part and get fresh updates on everything that happens that day on the program. Don't forget, go to VFNTV.com and click Facebook. Follow us online at VFNTV.com. Welcome back to VFNTV with your host, Greg Lancaster. Welcome, welcome back. This is so exciting. We're are listening to prophetic dreams given to a chaplain of a New York Police Department. It's John Natal, and you think about it that it so lines up with so many things that the yes. Lord's been saying to so many, and God shares with all of us bits and pieces, yeah. and as we come together, you know, you begin to hear this. And this is one question that he's asking here is, how did, how, what did God tell you about Trump What's going to happen about this two terms? Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, listen to it now. It's John Natal. The dream was the first four years. Mm-hmm. The second realm of administration, the second tenure, is he spoke to me. And he told me that. Because when, I, when he speaks to me, then I release it. When you think about it, this kind of goes with the last word, how God spoke to him about a second tenure. Mm-hmm. So the first tenure, four years, the second, another four years. And think about eight years. And of course, that's what the president's saying, yeah. that, you know, we're going to do this thing for eight years. What's exciting to me is what what if, what if, let's begin to ask now, what if eight years of our, our current form of leadership and then eight years of Mike Pence, wow. 16 years to be able to take this nation back to a place? Wouldn't that be awesome? Well, think about this. They gave another prophetic word and they're asking the question is God gave you a word about the government a few weeks ago. What was that word they're asking John Natal that the Lord gave you? Listen up. Because I spoke a word um, just several weeks ago, how the, the, our government was going to actually bring in the prophets and ha- have them used to help facilitate and bring, you know, whether it's law and order or whatever they need or just decisions for wisdom. Because the, the awesome thing about the prophetic is, you know, Jeremiah 33 says, Call unto me and I'll show you great and unsearchable things you do not know. There's information out there that's not accessible unless it's obtained by Him. That's so exciting. It lines up with what the Lord has laid on our heart when you know, some of the words uh, that's been spoken over what we're doing and others doing, Rick Joyner out of Morningstar Ministries, and others about the news and bringing in the, the prophetic. You know, here, The prophetic is God letting us know what's going to happen before it happens. It's history in advance. And that's what we always say is that we already know the news. We're just trying to change the news that we know. That's right. And we, you heard us for, for quite some time saying this is what's coming and this is what's happening. But Praise God that because you responded and America responded, we changed the outcome. God gave us mercy. I mean, God gave us mercy that there, we were reporting accurately what, what was going to mm-hmm. happen, but mercy intervened over justice mm-hmm. and God gave us mercy. And so what, what better than actually hearing in advance, history in advance, what's going to take place. And if you don't like that, it doesn't agree with what God is saying about you and your nation. You can say, you know what? 
let's repent. Let's just cry out to God. Let's hear what God's saying. Let's change our direction. And that's the benefit of, of having prophetic leadership. Well, that's the very thing that uh, Pastor Kilpatrick shared at the Church of His Presence, that there was a midnight interruption, that God yeah. heard the cry of His people and He responded. And you're seeing right. this and it's just, it's, it's an exciting moment. Now imagine having the prophetic uh, gift in your place of business, in Congress, mm. you know, in the executive branch, in the judiciary branch, in all the government state offices. And all of a sudden, everybody, all of a sudden you see the state that begins to prosper. And somebody says, why are they prospering? Because they're listening to the leadership of yeah. this particular man or woman or group of men or women that are hearing from the Lord. And it's not, it doesn't have to be all freaky and everything. Like thus says the Lord would say, you could just say, I'm feeling, you know, the impression on my heart that this is the decision that we need to be able to make. I believe the Lord has just gave, this is what this dream means. And you follow, and that's why we're here. I mean, yeah. we're here. It's called the dream because literally God spoke it. We walked out what he said and it happened just like he said it's going to be. So you can, you can have the prophetic and quite often some people are prophetic, but they don't know they're prophetic. They just have this knowing and they share it and then things happen mm -hmm. and transpire. God loves us. God is involved in the affairs of our life. And it's exciting to see John Natal, a chaplain for a, a New York Police Department, to, ha to be able to hear mm -hmm. this well from the Lord. As a matter of fact, they asked him this question too. They said, you know, how will the, based on what he's being led pro prophetically, is how uh, will this next administration handle the relationship with Israel? Of course, we talked about that earlier, you know, how we're seeing Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu and President Trump already committed as friends and to be able to work. But listen to what the Lord shared with Mike Natal. Realistically, I do believe that they're going to help facilitate um, um, structure there, um, relationship, trust. I think that's the, the number one thing that needs to take place with Israel and the United States is trust. Is, uh, you know, the Word of God says that, that if you bless Israel, you'll be blessed. If you curse her, he'll be cursed. So I don't want to be on that, that side of the negative side. Um, I do believe that we have a mandate in our nation to, to support her and to do whatever, do whatever we can to help facilitate her destiny and bring about unity and bring about peace. But know that we're there for them. And I do believe that um, great relationships are going to start. I do believe that it's going to make an impact in our country that, you know, what we're there for you. So, you know, do I see that coming soon? I do. I do believe there's going to be a, uh, a quickening with Israel and the United States. And it's not that our last administration didn't do anything wrong. It's just that, you know what, now it's time for it to, to go one step further. You know, the, the one thing that God never does, He's never, never focuses on telling you what you do wrong. He never does that. He's a type of father to let you know that, you know what, I'll show you where you need to get more revelation and more understanding and let's move forward. So it's not about nitpicking and saying what you did, what you didn't, you know. It's about let's move forward. Let's have our eyes open to this thing. But I do believe that there's going to be some amazing things that take place in this year uh, regarding Israel and the United States, even before the summer months. I do believe that. We're seeing that take yes. place. I and mean, this is early on. So you're seeing these things unfold. And it looked really, it, just, it was hard to even grasp the fact that, mm -hmm that America was treating Israel the way that they were being treated yeah. during the last administration. It's like, is this true? Is this really happening? They re are they really befriending the enemy of Israel mm -hmm. and the enemy of Christians? Because, you know, Muslims got killed too, and they're being killed by this radical Islamic terrorism and ISIS and all. But Christians and Jews are being, especially Christians, mm -hmm. are being persecuted, and even in, in Israel. We had the, the Palestinians that were uh, just raiding bus stops and one man runs down the street and stabs people who are at basically at a traffic mm -hmm. stop or a light and stabs that American who's there in Israel, but he's a student that's there. 
remember the bus stops where they'd come up and just big butcher knife and this lady pull this knife out and start trying to stab a, a Jewish man at a bus stop and it's like, what's going on? Yeah. That's what was happening during that time. But God has turned those things around and so that that's definitely a word you can say that's true. Well, what's so powerful too, and we talked about this, is that you saw President Trump, his interview with CBN and when they brought up the relationship, the President, uh, President Trump immediately said, it's fixed. And they said with, with, with one phone call, or actually I'm not sure if it was the interview with CBN, but President Trump was very adamant by just saying, it's fixed, it's resolved, I already called, we already spoke, it's taken care of. And it was just, it's, it's such an encouraging moment to see the president responding and saying, this relationship matters, it's a priority, yeah. and it's resolved. Yeah, this retroactive law, the Knesset, the government for Israel, they actually went back and made a retroactive mm -hmm. law that says, ah, we can build on, the, on our own property in the yeah. West Bank. We talked about that earlier, so that's exciting. Here's a next word that uh, John Natal gave. Like again, he is the chaplain for a New York police department, and uh, it was dealing with what does God want to establish? The one thing God wants to establish in the nation. Let's hear what he believes the Lord's saying. Like I said, the greatest element that we have is love. I do believe that, you know, um, that with all people here, there, there needs to be a camaraderie. You know, it can't be about your religion and my religion. It has to be about how I love you unconditionally. That's the one thing that I do believe that God wants to establish in this nation is unconditional love. So, so I think about, Doctor, we talk about it quite often, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., when, you know, here this was this difficult season going on in America, great oppression, mm -hmm. but he understood that violence would not produce the outcome that he yeah. wanted. And so he, people that walked with Dr. King had to sign the Ten Commitments, and the Ten Commitments are basically a good Christian, uh, uh, loyal to the Constitution, loyal to the biblical foundation and uh, uh, of, of Christ. And we have those same yes. Ten Commitments with Civil Christianity. You can find out at civilchristianity.org. But one thing that you know, we gotta re have to remember is that darkness, this is what Dr. King said, you probably can see it on your screen. He said, darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. And hate cannot drive mm -hmm. out hate. Only love can do that. That's right. I mean, you think it's so important to understand that. It's like, it feels good sometimes to respond in the similar manner. But the thing is, is what outcome do you want? Right. I mean, do you want to win or do you just want to spin your wheels? And, and it's love that conquers. It's love that wins. And, you know, always talk about, so, you know, I need help in that area. I want to be able to love more. And, and, you know, love is patient, love is kind, love is gentle, it keeps no records of wrong, you know, it, it goes through difficulty and struggle and it's always thinking about, I mean, a lot like Dr. King mm -hmm. did. I remember that one story of his, his sister is uh, uh, talking about, um, he came home one particular day and he had those skinny ties mm -hmm. in the 60s and he's leaning against the fireplace and he has his hand on the fireplace, he's unloosening his tie like this from his shirt, Dr. Martin Luther King, Martin Luther King Jr. And uh, she says, uh, uh, he starts talking. He says, you know what? He tells her this. He said, uh, you know what this means? And he's talking about a police officer just choked him out with his own tie. Yeah. And he's telling her, and he's like, oh, I'm so, she says, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. And he says, you know what this means? And she says, what? She, he says, it means we're gonna have to love them more. <laughs> That's huge. I mean, how many people get treated horrifically mm -hmm. and they respond by love? But the answer is gonna be love. And, and if we understand that God is for people and that it's whatever's got a hold of them, it's a spiritual thing and that God can set them free. It, makes, it reminds me of the torch and the sword, you know, when the 12 year old girl this, in this vision that Rick Joyner of Morningstar Ministries had, and he writes about it, the torch and the sword, it's just him and this 12 year old girl and a horse that he's gonna teach her to ride that he don't even know how to ride. Yeah. 
and the hordes of hell, all these people held captive by the devil are coming their way. And he's kind of like, we need help. We need help, right? Yeah. And she says, they are our help. We will go tell them about the Lord, basically. We'll win them to Christ, and then they'll fight with us. Yeah. So quite often, people's help, they miss, they miss the help. The help mm -hmm. is actually the person that you're supposed to go witness to, even though today they're not doing things yeah. too good. So make sure you think about that first, and you can find out that book at your bookstores. Mm -hmm. Amazon.com will make it available to you on the torch as well. But it's called The Torch and the Sword. When we get back from this break, we're going to talk more about what the Lord shared with John Natal, but also we're going to find out what's happening with Mark Zuckerberg, the founder of Facebook, a man who said in 2015 that Facebook would be smarter than a human being in 10 years, would be 2025, and how pastors sat down with him in Dallas, Fort Worth, and what took place after this break. This is VFN TV, where we're keeping the conversation light. Follow us online at VFNTV.com. We'll be right back. You've lost so much already. I don't want to lose you, too. Ain't it just like a tear to go and blur out? Another showed up in my mailbox with no tracks in the snow. Just like You're not thinking about going back there, are you? I gotta do something. This is all I got. Ain't it just like love to leave a mark? the skin and Tune-up, we do great work at a fair price. We operate with integrity and honesty. And Gerald Gillis, he wouldn't have it any other way. And of course, he still wants to earn your business. Bring my car to All Pro Tune-Up because they're quick, skilled, and honest. I bring my vehicle to All Pro Tune-Up because Jerry's known in the community as a man of honesty, integrity, and he gives great service. They're honest, and I can trust them with my vehicle. Gerald and his team will. Uh, do what they say they're going to do. Precision Overhead Garage Door Service proudly serving the Gulf Coast. Call us today for all of your new garage door needs and repairs. Just listen to one of our satisfied customers. We at Hill Kelly Dodge Chrysler Jeep and Ram went with Precision Doors because they gave us the best quote to begin with. But it turns out that they give us the best quality, their integrity, They've been true to their word, and they've been there every time we need them. Whether residential or commercial, don't sacrifice quality or service. Call Precision Garage Door Service first. Welcome back to VFN TV with your host, Greg 
Welcome, welcome back. We are hearing some prophetic words that have been loosed by John Natal. Mm -hmm. He is a chaplain for New York Police Department, the Suffrage suffered City. Suffering Police Department. Suffering Police Department. And this next word, the question that's being asked of him, asked him is how will this administration, talking about this presidential administration, handle religious liberties? Let's hear what he has to say. I don't believe that they're going to um, discriminate. I don't believe that that's the answer. Because we don't want to create dividing walls. Um, we want to create, see, Jesus wasn't that way. He never discriminated. You know, he said, he was without sin, cast the first stone. And we know who we were talking about, what he, what he was talking about. It's not about discriminating against somebody and telling them they can't. It's about loving people unconditionally. And I do believe that the administration, I do believe if, 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 if he prays, if he seeks God, and I do believe he will. I do believe, um, um, you know, Vice President-elect Pence will. I do believe that they'll seek God for wisdom. And if you seek God for wisdom, you'll make correct decisions. And if you make correct decisions, you'll see a greater impact. But I do believe that, you know what, what does it take? You have to love, you know, people are going to make bad decisions. And people are going to be, you know, there's going to be all walks of life and, you know, this way and that way. But we, we don't receive them or, or reject them because of what's going on in the natural. You can't reject their heart. Because, you know what, everyone at the end of the day is looking to be loved. Everyone at the end of the day wants to be loved. And you know what, and if you reject them because of who they are, then we're basically doing what the Bible told us not to do. And Jesus told us to love and to love our enemies, not to discriminate and hate. And he was the, he was the author of peace and unity. And that's what we try to be. I think about the author of peace and unity, and that's definitely lines up with what God's word says and about how important it is to see God in other people, that yeah. we're creating the image and the likeness of God and that, you know, you know, check our, our love gauge. Yeah. We're finding out and our exploring through the Dream Center is that the reason why nine out of 10 people, Christians who go to church on a regular basis, who are born, raised in the church, their life in the church and then buried, mm -hmm. nine out of 10 statistics say they will not tell one person about God. Wow. And but yet we complain about how people act who don't know God yeah. and not realizing that we're the solution. But the only thing that motivates us to do that is if we love them. Right. I mean, the only thing that's going to motivate you is if you care. People don't care what you know till they know how much you care. I mean, and so I think, you know, one good thing that we can all do is begin to say, God, give me your heart. Help me to feel, help me to, 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 to be sensitive to, to your heart towards people and understand the forgiveness in my life and that you want to offer that same forgiveness for whoever else. And, but it only happens when we begin to move in love. This other word they asked John Natal here, and this is the last word, you know, has God given you a warning for Israel? Let's hear what he had to say. Warnings in America. There are no warnings for America at this present time. I do not believe so. That's not, he hasn't told me that. The only warning that I hear in this nation is we need to, we need to, completely embrace Israel, completely, um, because there's huge blessing in that. Um, if you don't, like I said, it can't be 50%, it can't be 75%, it's got to be 100%. Remember, there's always going to be sin in, in our world. That will never end until it's all over. So we're never going to change that. And you remember the one thing that Jesus never does, he never comes against your will. 
That's the most amazing gentleman that he is. He's awesome. That's the most amazing. You know, the, the greatest gift that he gave us was his son, right? But he also gave us the amazing gift of free will. And he doesn't affect it. But he doesn't, but he doesn't when, you, when you make mistakes, he doesn't hold it against you. He gives you that grace and he gives you that ability to, to turn. You know, as 2 Chronicles 7, 14, turn from your wicked ways. Hum, you know, if my people will humble themselves and pray, turn from their wicked ways, seek me, you know, and I will heal their land. He's not talking to lost people. He's talking to the church. He's talking to the body of Christ. He's talking to people that serve him. Humble yourself. Get out of the way. Because when we get in his way, then that's when starts, things start to get kind of crazy. But we need to, and that's one of the warnings, though, realistically. That hasn't been a warning that I've heard him say. But that is a warning because it's right in his word. That we can't get in his way when he wants to do something crazy. Does our nation need a great awakening? Of course it does. Do we need, you know, it seems like right now that there's craziness right now going on. And what it is, is fear, trust, you know, rejection. People are dealing with this in their heart. They don't know who to trust. Okay? So it's basically, let's fend for myself because I don't trust you. You know, and the one thing about the body of Christ is, like I said, it needs to be in unity. We need to be hearing the same voice. So is there a warning? Somewhat there's a little bit. The warning is the where we are today spiritually in our nation, you need to hear the voice of God. If you're dependent on someone else, that's a dangerous place. You need to be hearing the voice of God for yourself. And that's in the prophetic. That's what we're trying to help establish in people's lives. You can't be codependent on others. You need to be hearing the voice of God for yourself and making a decision what God's telling you, not what man's telling you. And we talk about that all the time. We talk about having an abiding relationship with Jesus Christ. And a lot of people want to do what he's talking about and want to abide. They just don't have a plan. Guess what? We have a plan for you to do exactly what John Natal is talking about. It's at iabide.org. A simple plan, you, you request it, it comes to you right away in your email. The next thing I want to talk about quickly before we come to an end here is the founder of Mark Zuckerberg, the founder of Facebook, Mark Zuckerberg, is having, you're seeing him here, he actually decided this is going to be a year that he travels around and he calls it his listening tour and he's listening uh, to folks. And understand over 1 billion people plus are using his product and posting their personal information on it and they're, you know, I'm eating a biscuit now and I'm going here to a store and the things, they're just their whole life. As a matter of fact, we'll be talking about something in a minute. They're gathering all that data. But he went to Waco, Texas, and he sat down with pastors in Waco, Texas. And some of the reports are they were very surprised when they met with him because they were thinking that he was going to present them with all these different ideas and concepts. But actually, a Zimmerman, Zimmerman one of the Episcopal priests uh, who attended it, he explained that Zuckerberg uh, that he was there as a just to listen to their answers and what was going on and how they handled crisis and uh, he says I was impressed with someone who could have walked into the room like that and owned the place but instead he just sat there and listened to what was going on and he's calling it his listening tour which is kind of good but it's also kind of freaky because somebody that has that kind of access to who the world is you know there's only seven billion people on the mm -hmm. face of the earth he has over a seventh of them and everybody's sharing everything about their personal life. As a matter of fact, in Dallas, Fort Worth, Texas, they just built this huge data place to be able to store all the information about you. As a matter of fact, let's go there right now. This is where Facebook is, is finishing up their data center in Dallas, Fort Worth.
Mark Zuckerberg full of uh, Facebook credit. We all agree, man. Hey. Mark, how are you? Hey, how's it going? Yeah. So Mark, this is the DPR team that's, that's actually doing the heavy lifting. Die that the sub huh. puts it in the model before they install it out in the field. Really? There was a day that we stored like stuff in buildings. That whole thing's being built to store information, knowledge mm -hmm. about you, about everybody on Facebook. And I think about what the, the Daily Mail reported. This is what Mark Zuckerberg, the man you saw there, the founder of Facebook, the one that was sitting down with the pastors in Waco, Texas, who said, one of the ministers said, that the ministers taught 90% of the time he listened but that's what they're doing. That's what Facebook's doing. They're listening to everything about your life. But listen to what Mark Zuckerberg said in 2015. He talked about a 10-year time frame. He said, Facebook is set to become a lot more intelligent and could uh, outperform humans within the next 10 years. All that information, they're gathering it. We talked about the computer mm -hmm. Watson on a previous program, mm -hmm. that it can play Jeopardy and win. I mean, these things knowledge-wise are getting more, you know, quicker to move, but it's knowledge, it's not wisdom. This is not a good thing, it's a weird thing, and we need God's guidance in these days. You know, we think about uh, Revelations chapter 12 or 13, we talks about the beast economy and that these days require wisdom. Mm -hmm. We need the wisdom of the Lord because these are great platforms to be able to, to share your faith, and, and I think it shifted even the elections because they were talking about fake news yeah. and different stuff like that. And so, you know, but I don't know, we just need God's guidance on it. But that's pretty interesting to be able to see that. I'm glad that he's wanting to listen to the ministers in Waco, Texas. I want to pray with you right now. Father God, we love you. We thank you, Father God, for, for everything, the innovative ideas and concepts that you've given us as a country. We thank you for our president and vice president standing for Israel and Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu coming to America to, to, to restructure that relationship again. We thank you, Lord God.